I tell you, it is so much fun to walk into a bar or a restaurant and order something you made. That's I, amazing, yeah. I never tire of that experience. Welcome to Tap That AZ, the show where you get to meet the awesome people behind the best craft beverages across the state of Arizona. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, I sit down with Stephen Paul from Hamilton Distillers out of Tucson. These guys make a mesquite smoked whiskey called Whiskey Del Bach that's just amazing. You guys got to try this stuff out. It was actually just named one of the top 10 whiskeys in America by Esquire magazine. Grab a drink and let's tap into Hamilton Distillers. Stephen, thanks for joining me, man. Nice to be here. Nice to meet you. This is pretty awesome. My mom always said, uh, you know, uh, watch out for people with two first names, but uh, you seem like a good guy. <laughs> well, that's been an affliction my whole life. I never take it personally when someone calls me Paul. Okay. <laughs> so don't worry about that. Do you think that uh, maybe sometimes people, they think it's your Stephen Paul and they're like, well, what's your last name? Uh, no, usually it's, uh, they confuse the, the, you know, they want to call me Paul. Okay. <laughs> so, gotcha. yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's just a fact of life for me okay gotcha well i'll call you steven so so um so this whole thing kind of started with um mesquite has been a, a central piece to this whole thing right it has. and where did that where did that start well actually um my wife and i had a custom furniture company for 30 years that specialized in mesquite wood oh nice um <clears throat> and um we did pieces that were you know fine furniture um Really, we had a national reputation. It was called Arroyo Design. Okay. Um, and we, you know, we approached it really carefully because uh, Mesquite had a bad reputation in terms of, of furniture wood. It's full oh, really? of cracks and knots and wormholes. Okay. You know, you can't buy it dry like you can walnut or cherry or something. And so, anyway, so we, we um, you know, we built this company over the span of 30 years, and it, it was uh, a really fun project and we did great stuff and met a lot of great people. I would always take my mesquite scraps home to barbecue with. Okay. And um, I would always t tell my wife, those are our profits going up in smoke. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and um, we're scotch drinkers and one, one night we're barbecuing and drinking scotch and she goes, why couldn't you dry malt over mesquite instead of peat like they do in Scotland? Yeah. And so that was, that's how this whole project started. I was riveted by the idea. I thought it was like just a great idea. I've always called my wife Idea Woman because she's okay. is always coming up, coming out with things like this. Um, and so I couldn't get it out of my head. Ordered a little still, a little five-gallon still from Portugal. Um, started messing around with it. Did that for a couple of years. Started tasting really good. Um, and then in 2011, I kind of graduated to a 40-gallon still. Okay. Um, ordered that from Portugal as well. Um, and at that point, um, so I was still running Arroyo Design, and my, um, and, and I had to set that still up in the in our shop okay. somewhere. So we partitioned off a little uh, space in our wood shop. Um, we would always give tours of our wood shop because we were so kind of we were doing things that other people weren't doing in terms of mortise and tenon joinery and a bunch of other things like that that had kind of kind of fallen by the wayside in 
the furniture industry. So we loved giving tours, um, and I knew people were going to see this still, even if we partitioned it off. Because anyway, and, and you so, had to put it there because <clears throat> of the amount of room that it took up. Yeah, the little five gallon still was driving my wife crazy at home. Okay, even, and that's the little one, and we're we're in the distillery now, and that that's the little one up on the top. That's shelf. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty small. It is pretty but small. But I would leave it out, and it drove her crazy. She's <laughs> she's a very design and oriented and stuff. So. But anyway, so, you know, my daughter said, you know what, Dad, we got to get legal on this 40-gallon still because people are going to be seeing it. Uh, so, so that's how, so then we, she and I, my daughter's name's Amanda, Amanda and I, um, you know, applied for the federal permits, you know, state, local, and federal permits, and went through all that. We incorporated and then t took on an investor who was a f old customer from the furniture business who I'd been tasting on the product from the little still and he kept telling me if you ever get serious let me know because i'd had like it down to, like you had a, a good we were getting there yeah okay. i mean it was like compared to what we're doing now it wasn't very good mm -hmm. but <laughs> it was good enough to where it was showing some promise okay <laughs> so yeah so yeah so that's that, that's basically the story of how we got started so so then in 2014 we became well I got investment um, to do this big 500 gallon system okay. and we became operational on this big system uh, with a malt house uh, in 2014. Okay. Um, and and I should say that so we have a we malt our own barley. What does that mean exactly? So what it is cuz I like drinking whiskey but how it's made I'm not 100% sure. Okay. So <laughs> We're using a Scottish model of whiskey making. Okay. So we're making an American single malt whiskey. Yeah. Um, which is what a Scotch is typically. Okay. There's some blend, uh, blended Scotches, but but single malts are kind of what's driving the market. Has they've been driving the market for you know a good ten to fifteen years. A single malt whiskey is made from a hundred percent barley malt. Okay. And distilled in a single distillery. Okay. Um, as opposed to a blended scotch, for example, uh, say take a Dewar's, mm -hmm. um, they are buying from different distilleries who they've bought from for many decades, and they okay. know the products really well. And then they take those whiskeys from all those different distilleries and blend them into uh, what goes into the bottle. Okay. And so th that is not inferior by any means, mm -hmm. but... Um, but that's what a blended scotch is. Gotcha. A and so a single malt whiskey, so a single malt scotch, for example, is what most people are used to thinking about, mm -hmm. is all made in a single distillery from 100% barley malt oh. mash bill or recipe. Okay. Um, that's the basic uh, definition of a single malt. And so there are a few distilleries, actually there are at last count, like 42 distilleries in the states that are making American single malt whiskey. Oh, really? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and single malts have, uh, from what my experience, single malts are like <clears throat> blends like Johnny Walker, Dewar's, things like that. They're, exactly, yeah. They're more, I guess, um, easier to drink, but not don't, they don't have the character. Mm. Like that's what I've... And I, that's maybe true, but there's some, you know, pretty heavily peated um, blended whiskeys that are, you know, not for 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 um, 
kind of people that are new to, to single malts, they can be a little bit uh, unapproachable yeah. because of the amount of peat. Right. Um, like a Lafrog or... Yeah, like, yeah, well, that's a single malt. But, yeah. but um, yeah, so Johnny Walker Black, for example, is very heavily peated. Okay. Um, so whiskey is made from grain. And in order to make alcohol, you need sugar. Okay. And what you do is you feed sugar to yeast, and the yeast consumes the sugar and makes alcohol and CO2. Okay. That's how alcohol is made. So whiskey's made from grain. Grain doesn't have any fermentable sugar. It just has starch. Hmm. And by the way, beer is the same way. Beer is all, all made from grain. Okay. Um, so this cool thing happens when you germinate a grain, and any grain will, will do this, but barley is the most efficient grain to do this with. When you, so I'll just talk about barley specifically. But when you germinate barley, it turns, it, I'm sorry, it creates an enzyme that turns starch to sugar. Hmm, interesting. As during germination. And it does that so that when the seed, you know, when the barley or any grain grows into a plant, it'll actually have that sugar to consume okay. um, when it's growing into the plant. Gotcha. So, we, we malt our own barley. Okay. When it, when, during germination, when it has created the enzyme, that is the definition of malt. So as soon as it's got the enzyme, it's, it's called malt. Okay. So we're one of only seven distilleries in the country that we know of that malt our own barley. Okay, it's nice. It's really rare. Yeah. And actually, in Scotland anymore, there are only seven distilleries that malt their own barley. Really? Yeah. So wow. I didn't know this going in, but... Um, you know, we're in this pretty small, you know, club of <laughs> distilleries that malt, yeah. you know, really worldwide. I'm sure there are some in, in kind of India, maybe um, New Zealand. There's some other places that are making good whiskey that may malt their own barley. But as far as we know, yeah. there's only 14, and I'm sure there's some others. But anyway, wow. it's, it's a small club. Yeah. Um, we, <clears throat> so, and we actually had to start malting our own barley because of this idea to dry the malt over mesquite. Gotcha, which is kind of the cornerstone of... Of the whole project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so um, we, I was floor malting early on on the little 40-gallon still, um, little 70-pound batches. Floor malting is what they traditionally do in Scotland. Okay. Um, they steep the grain in a, and let it soak up a bunch of water. And then they spread it on the floor. Grain bed is about, you know, eight inches deep or so. Um, takes up a lot of floor space. Okay. They turn it by hand, typically. Um, so when we graduated to this 500-gallon system and wanted to put in this malt house, I wanted to save floor space. Okay. And so, and I also wanted to have more control over the process in terms of temperatures and you know air flows and humidity levels and things like that yeah so so we designed this tank based system that is really unique there's not, not nothing like it in the country that we know of um, and so we're the grain bed is 36 inches deep so three feet deep grain bed so we're sa saving a bunch of floor space okay uh, it's yeah. a 10 foot diameter tank um, so basically we do this, you know, we do what we were doing when we floor malted, but in a tank. Yeah. So we steep it first, transfer that 
you know, that uh, very water-soaked grain over to the germination tank. Um, we're doing 5,000 pound batches. We let it germinate for a couple of days. After the first day in the tank, we're pulling out uh, individual, you know, a little handful of um, kernels, and we are opening them up and looking for a little shoot that grows up the inside of the kernel hmm. called an acrospire. Okay. When that acrospire is about 80% the length of the seed itself, that's when it's got the enzyme. Uh, There's a couple of other little benchmarks we're looking for, but that's the main one. That's the signal that it's got the enzyme and is now officially malt. Okay. Um, so that same germination tank now we will convert to a kilning tank. We actually call it our GK tank, German, germination slash kilning tank. Okay. Um, and then we, now we've got to dry it. So in Scotland, their fuel was peat or still is peat to some extent. Okay. They don't have many trees in Scotland, so mm -hmm. they dig up these peat <laughs> bogs, okay, nice. dry the peat and, and burn that. Okay. You know, and the smoke involved in in burning dried peat is pretty pronounced. Okay. Um, so that's that was and is till still to some extent their fuel in Scotland. And my wife had this idea, knowing full well that you know what mesquite does to food when you cook over it. Right. Um, that's why she had this idea to dry malt over mesquite. Right. Okay. Um, and so so. At this point, we're going to dry the malt. We're going to build a fire for our for our mesquite smoked whiskeys because we've got one that's not mesquite smoked. That's but the for classic the here. Yep. Okay. Um, we'll 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 build a fire in the burner box outside with mesquite. It's typically um, our native mesquite here is Prosopis velutina, which is called velvet mesquite, um, and we'll you know pump that heat and smoke. <clears throat> excuse me, up through the grain bed in the tank and dry the malt okay like that so for our unsmoked classic whiskey we will just use a basically a natural gas fired heat to and pump that through with no smoke oh, to gotcha. dry the okay. malt so it's just a heat rather than the smoke dried yeah okay yeah yeah and so so that's so so then when we got the malt dry we'll transfer that 5,000 pound batch into one of two um, grain silos here inside the distillery. Uh, one is for smoked, one is for unsmoked. Um, and then we're ready to basically make a, a, a you know, we, we start by making a rudimentary beer. Okay. Um, just, just like a brewer does. Yeah. Um, but we don't go on and do all the really fantastic things that brewers do to make the delicious, you know, <laughs> range of beers okay um, we're just interested in a basic rudimentary beer that then we're going to distill the alcohol out of okay gotcha and then it turns into this beautiful stuff that we have right in front of us yeah yeah <laughs> yes so um i always like to start people out with our unsmoked classic because um, many people aren't used to smoke okay um and so the classic again we're we're using a scottish model of whiskey making so the classic is made with a barley, I'm sorry, uh, malt that's not smoked. Okay. Um, it's modeled after a Speyside Scotch. In the Speyside region of Scotland, they don't use a lot of peat. 
Okay. Um, and so you're welcome to go ahead and don't mind if take I do. a little sip of that. <laughs> and I always recommend that people kind of, you know, nose it first, and and like you're doing right now, just run it across your nose. With wine, you're gonna want to, you know, most people like stick their nose into the glass. Right. But the higher alcohol of of whiskey, um, you know, doesn't want you to. Uh, you know, I mean, you'll. It's better not to stick your nose in there. Okay. I do. Um, that's one of my favorite things about whiskey. Is I'll sit. My father-in-law is a big. He introduced me to whiskey. Oh, okay. Because um, I grew up in Ohio, and whiskey to us was Jack Daniels. That was it. Uh-huh. And we thought that was the only one. So uh, he was a big fan of single malt. So first, first time I actually tried a single malt scotch, like I took a drink. I was like, Ugh. yeah. Yeah. And I just did it like a shot because I couldn't handle it. Uh, but now I've developed my palate, and um, yeah, I'll sit there for two minutes just. Yeah, getting the smell in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then on your first sip, what I what I like to tell people, and you probably know this already, but is just to let it kind of a little bit touch your tongue and let it spread across your tongue okay. before you take an actual sip. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a little bit, and okay. that kind of sets the tone. Yeah, if you guys could taste this like through audio, this is uh, this is delicious. <laughs> I've had the smoke. That's the only thing I've had, uh-huh. and that's what I like. Like you just said. Let it go across your tongue. It, it does. It coats your mouth, and I like whiskeys that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and your smoked one, the mesquite smoked one, really has that that kick to it. And this one does too. This is this is great. So this the classic um, for two years in a row has has won silver at the great Amer. I'm sorry. I'm gonna start over on that. So our 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 whiskey del Bach classic unsmoked has for two years in a row, won silver medals at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Wow. Um, This year, the cask strength version of the classic won a double gold. Wow, I did see that. Yeah. What does that mean? What does double gold mean? Well, it sounds good. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Um, It means different things in different competitions, but in the San Francisco World Spirits Competition, it means that on the judging panel that was considering the classic, and again, that's, this was our cask strength version. Every judge voted it gold. Okay. So on a panel, typically you may have, if you're going to win a gold, maybe you'll have three or four, depending on the scores that they give it, uh, three or four judges out of five will deem it gold-worthy, okay? Okay, But yeah. in the in the case, for a double gold, every single judge deems it gold worthy. Wow. So that's what that's the definition in this competition. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's impressive. That's yeah, a, a we're thrilled. Decision. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. And 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 actually, this that competition is the biggest one in the country. Oh really? Um, I've heard of it before. Like yeah. I've heard of it. Like and when I saw, it, I think you guys had it on uh, Instagram, and that's okay too. That's okay. In the background, will drown out. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so on Instagram, I saw the double gold, and I'm like, <clears throat> and I've seen things from the San Francisco, uh, that, that competition, and I didn't exactly know what double gold meant, but I knew that there's probably nothing better than double gold. <laughs> no, there is nothing better than double gold, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so we got the classic. We, ch- we taste the classic. So if you want to move to the Dorado, okay. um, this is the brainchild of the whole project here. This is, you know, came from my wife's idea to dry malt over mesquite um, and this actually comes out of the barrel a little smokier than what you're going to taste in the glass and okay. I didn't want to overwhelm people with smoke um, and so we actually um, 
back it off with a little bit of classic when we're going to go to bottle. Okay. We blend in a little bit of classic to just kind of moderate the smoke a little bit. Okay. And it does smell like like barbecue, like not just like the smoke, like it almost it tastes, smells like a brisket almost. Uh-huh. <laughs> you yeah. know, which is yeah. not a bad thing at all. Man, and you do when you taste it still? Do you just like wow? This I'm, is good. I do. I'm I'm always <laughs> impressed, and it's such a thrill. Yeah. Um, so actually, the Dorado last at last year's World's uh, San Francisco World Spirits Competition won a double gold. Really? Yeah. Man. So two years in a row, double golds. Yeah. In you know two different products, but. Uh, and you've been doing this since when? 2007? Uh, early 2007, and I only really got serious about it in 2011. Um, you went from the five-gallon to 500-gallon in a matter of We went years? To the five gal- from the five-gallon to the 40-gallon. To the 40. Um, okay. And worked on the 40-gallon for a couple years, and, and I actually had an investor on that phase. Oh, gotcha. And yeah. so that... You know, when someone gives you money to do something, then you got to take it real seriously because <laughs> yeah, right. they're taking you real seriously. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> things got things just got real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so so, yeah, did that for a cu- couple of years, um, really took product to the local marketplace, maybe in late 2012 because it had to sit in barrels. Then in 14, we we graduated from the 40 gallon still to the 500 gallon system with the big malt house. Yeah. So, yeah. Gotcha. Well, thank you for doing that because now I, I can get it wherever I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I tell you, it is so much fun to walk into a bar or a restaurant and order something you made. It's amazing. Yeah. I never tire of that experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Do you ever get anybody that does like, so you sit down, you order that and somebody just randomly besides says, oh man, that's really good. We get that all the time. That is awesome. Yeah. And then we're, and then if someone finds out we're, you know, connected to the, to the whiskey, um, we are always regaled with their accounts of the first time they ever tasted it or the camping trip they took it on with their uncle or, you know, it's really, it's really fun. Well, like we were talking before, before when I first got here is like with this podcast, like the whiskey is almost like secondary. With that, it's you, you, I mean, obviously you make great whiskey, but it's those stories and the things that people have behind it that, that really hold that value. Yeah. 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 There's so many stories that are so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, whiskey, Del Bach, what is, what is, so you got Hamilton is the distillery. Hamilton is the distillery. Okay. And Hamilton is my mom's maiden name. Okay. And, um, actually Amanda suggested the name because the furniture company Arroyo Design had been named after my my wife's family okay. her maiden name is Arroyo All right. <clears throat> and then so when it came time to name this distillery uh, my daughter Amanda was who was always very close to my mom before she passed away my, my Amanda goes we got to do something for Nana and so that's why it became Hamilton Distillers. So okay. that's my mom's maiden name. It's my middle name. And then actually it occurred to me later that that grandfather, my, my, my granddad, drank scotch. Oh, so, um, nice. So, yeah, it's a great little kind of continuum, you know. Yeah. 
That's awesome because I was wondering that because your last name is Paul, but I'm like, it's Hamilton. Now it makes sense. Yeah. 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 Now, what about Del Bach? What is Del Bach? So Del Bach is, we actually took that from our mission that was established here in Tucson in the late 1600s. Okay. Um, Jesuit missionaries um, founded this mission that, and, and, and founded it in a place where there was surface water along the Santa Cruz River. <clears throat> okay. Because as any Arizonans know who are listening to this, uh, our, our what we call rivers here uh, would shock people from you know <laughs> right. anywhere else because yeah. they're dry. Yeah. But um, but occasionally there is uh, you know in our, in our normally dry riverbeds there's a, there's surface water that comes to the surface, and in the native Tahana Atam language, that is called a bak b a c. Okay. <clears throat> and so 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 they so uh, Father Kino named the mission San Javier del Bach, which means San Xavier of the Spanish del. Mm -hmm. And then Bach is, means place where the river reappears in the sand. Mm -hmm. And so del Bach is of the place where the river reappears in the sand. So, and this actually was also my wife's idea. Yeah. <laughs> and we went through many <laughs> iterations. Great ideas. Yes. Yeah. We went through many iterations of the label. Um, and um, that was a long and sometimes contentious process with like basically five designers involved. Uh, my so wife. these are all the, so I'm looking in the, in the room here and there's a bunch of different labels. Those are kind of different ones you guys went through before you chose the one you have? Exactly. Okay. And you're only seeing the front uh, poster of those. Oh. And so there's two or three more you know, behind that. So okay. it was a long, really fun process, but, but, um, but contentious at times because we were very, all of us were very strong, you know, strongly opinionated. <laughs> right. um, I had a pet uh, version that got thrown by the wayside. Um, and um, so anyway, but what we came up with was great. But whisk, so uh, the Whiskey Del Bach, uh, I later real. so I've always loved living in a border region. Okay. Because it makes you look at the world in different ways. Hmm. And the, the, the mix of cultures is just so much fun. Yeah. Um, it just enriches your life, really. So it turns out, didn't plan on this, but but whiskey del Bach is trilingual. So whiskey, really? yeah, English, del, Spanish, and Bach Tahonatum. Oh, so nice. that's kind of fun. And that wasn't intentional. It was not intentional. Oh, um, nice. We were just basically looking. So it the concept was a regional product project. I'm sorry. The concept was a regional product because of the mesquite component, which is native to the southwest. Right? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Um, and so the, we were just looking to express where we were from in the name and the brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, we, so Whiskey Del Bach was just like perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. I, I like the name. I love the label you guys went with. Um, I'm going to put some pictures up on the website too of, of the other versions, if you're okay with oh, that yeah, too. Totally. Yeah. Cause I can see them from here and they look pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but, um, so, and you guys, you have a, so, um, a few episodes ago, I did an interview with Ben from Crooked Tooth, the brewery mm -hmm. uh, down here in Tucson, and uh, 
he had some of his beers aging in, in your barrels. And he said, oh, you got you to gotta get them on the show. And, and I have uh, one of my buddies is a big fan of your whiskey. So, um, so there's a lot of support out there and a lot of, you know, of, of thumbs up saying, hey, these guys are legit. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so, so with the beer thing, so that's, that's pretty cool too because there's a, there's a local um, aspect to this as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. what's that like? Um, well, first of all, thank you, Ben, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a, a bunch of breweries have been taking our uh, used barrels and aging different beers in them, uh, which has been really fun. Yeah. Um, a cup about a year ago, we at at another a little uh, pub here called Tap and Bottle. Um, they did a a tap takeover with uh, uh, so the evening was all consisted of offerings of beers from various breweries in town that had used our barrels. Um, So you could do flights of different brews that um, had been aged in our barrels, which was really fun. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's rare. You don't see that. It's always like, hey, tap takeover of Barrio or Borderlands. Yeah. Not like a whiskey age. Ah, that's pretty cool. It was was really fun. Yeah. Um, It's been, so the sense of community that we've experienced in doing this project is really heartwarming there's so much going on in tucson as far as creativity and in food and and beer and you know all kinds of drink and you know farmers are doing great things growing like indigenous crops um so the sense of community like people want to share what they're doing Mm -hmm. um and they want to try to connect with what other people are doing yeah um and here's a great example Uh, we give our we give our spent grain to um, E&R Pork, okay. Rod, Rod Miller. He, he picks up our spent grain, feeds it to his hogs. They love it. Um, last spring, Rod gave each of our employees a half a hog. Half a hog? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And so he <laughs> was just hiring? so, <laughs> I know, really, right? <laughs> um, so he's just so appreciative of that. And, um, because we just give it to him. We're happy to see it gone. Yeah. You know. That's what I've heard. It's it's kind of a pain to get rid of it. So it if someone's is. willing to come get it. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so he gave us each a cut sheet, like, for how to have it butchered. We had to pay for the butchering. Okay. Which was, like, minimal. Yeah. Um, worth it. <laughs> and, yeah, so that was really cool. And so there's so many connections that, are, that people are making with each other. Um, you know, Barrio Bread um, used some of our spent grain to to bake into some bread a while ago. I mean, um, you know, restaurants are using locally grown, um, you know, corn and beans and all kinds of things. So there's so much happening in Tucson. I don't know if you've heard of the the UNESCO designation that we received no, a no, year ago. That? We received, so UNESCO has this program called uh, Creative Cities. Okay. Um, we received the city of gastronomy designation uh, from UNESCO for that very thing, the creativity that that is occurring here using indigenous, native, and wild desert plants. And that's just part of it, actually. I mean, the, the 4,000 year, continuous 4,000 year history of agriculture in this area mm-hmm. played a huge role. And the fact that it's been continuous and that we are relating 
like all these chefs and you know farmers are keeping that going yeah um was a huge factor in that designation so there's only like i think five cities in the world that has received the the, the unesco city of city of gastronomy designation yeah Uh, parma italy is one um ensenada mexico is one okay um you know and you'd think like well why isn't like new york or you know uh, you know all these bigger san francisco yeah it's because of this kind of continuous um you know consciousness of what we're doing here Hmm. like regional regional agriculture and how to how to use what we have here yeah um so it's pretty cool yeah it's really cool yeah yeah so we've actually had uh, so through the distillery we've had and 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 visit tucson our local um visitors bureau okay yeah um has been instrumental in this but but through the distillery here we have entertained in the last kind of 10 months no fewer than and i'm not exaggerating 50 travel riders like food and food and beverage riders and travel riders yeah um who have come to tucson because of this designation wow yeah and we've had tons of articles no article yet on the distillery by itself okay but probably 20 to 25 articles on tucson that we were mentioned in so that's been really fun yeah yeah that's awesome well well, i i think i'm the first podcast right yeah yeah yeah, absolutely even if i'm not just say i am yeah (laughs) no i no i i don't think we've done a podcast that uh address this so i think it's like so the community it's like because i do a lot of um brewery interviews and just the community is it's every everybody is so involved and and everybody's about everybody else too Mm -hmm. it's not like cutthroat of like don't go there those guys are jerks kind of it's like hey let's all let's collaborate on brews let's let's age our beer and your whiskey Mm -hmm. barrels i like that yeah it is uh, tucson is a real community oriented place um, there's not like competition so 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 much as there is like cooperation right um, camaraderie maybe a little bit to push each other yeah, to, yeah 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 I mean there's definitely the, a sense of you know you know who's doing what and right. things like that and it makes you like work a little harder yeah. but really the cooperation um, component is so thrilling yeah um, yeah it's a really fun time in nice. Tucson right now yeah, that's awesome. So, um, so you guys uh, are available. So, where can you? I just heard you just expanded to like Maryland and Washington D.C. Is that right? Where all can you find that? Both of those. We're okay. in California for almost a year now. Okay. Um, we are just had product arrive at our uh, distributor, our new distributor in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Okay. So we're going to be rolling out there shortly. Um, we are also in Missouri. Uh, we're also in Georgia, uh, about to be in Georgia. We just uh, are completing compliance for the state. Okay. Also, Texas, we're in the same kind of stage. Yeah. Uh, we've been picked up by distributors in both of those states, and and we're completing compliance. So we'll have product there, I would say, in two months. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're 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 getting out there. And so where do you see it? Like where where do you want to be across the board? You know, we're going to focus on some kind of key markets. Okay. Um, We are a small staff. Um, We need to be in the marketplace 
um, with our staff to just kind of work with the, the uh, distributor to educate them to do what they call work withs, like ride-alongs. Um, and so, so we're going to try to focus on, you know, maybe 10 or 12 key m markets. Okay. And so yeah. um, if we're in Georgia, that's going to mean really just Atlanta. And okay. we'll focus on that. I see what and, you mean, yeah. And so, so that's, our, that's our game plan. Okay. Yeah. So later, who knows, but we want to do a good job at, you know, at, at the, the markets we're in yeah. first and then take it from there. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I think it goes with, with the way that you make the whiskey. It's about the quality. Like quality is, is like paramount for you. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's good. So yeah. keep that up. <laughs> the quality of the whiskey, you know, so our approach to making whiskey kind of grew out of our approach to making the furniture. Okay. We, I started Arroyo Design in, two, in I'm sorry, 1986. Um, most, first of all, there wasn't a lot of custom furniture makers, and there still aren't. It's a hard, it's a hard business. <laughs> okay. But things like mortise and tenon joinery had gone by the wayside. Mm -hmm. um, book matching uh, tabletops or panels had gone by the wayside. People were using dowel construction, which is not horrible, but it's not as good as mortise and tenon. Okay. So I wanted to revive a lot of these old joinery techniques and other approaches to making furniture that, and really make things to last for generations that were also beautiful. Okay. Um, and so, and by the way, mesquite is visually spectacular. Mm -hmm. and when I was doing woodworking early on, I was very aware that all of the the kind of beautiful woods were coming from the rainforest. Okay. <clears throat> so there's spectacular woods coming from Brazil, for example. Um, but that's not very good for the rainforest. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized that there was this just visually just stunning wood growing all around us here. Yeah. And so I wanted to I wanted to employ that and and so I had to put in a kiln because you can't find mesquite dry. And anyway, a lot of ways we just were really trying to make a great product. And we you know, we gained a really great national reputation for doing that over the span of 30 years when we were running that business because of the quality you guys put like exactly that, it was that a, yeah. that focus on the quality yeah we actually guaranteed our product ongoing um because mesquite didn't have a good reputation okay um it was full of cracks and knots and wormholes you couldn't get it dry you had to dry it yourself um but we but i knew that we could make it so you know if we dried it and used all those good joinery techniques and things that it could last forever um but people would always be suspicious of, suspicious of the cracks, which we filled with epoxy and things like that. But okay. they would say, well, it cracked once. Will it crack again? And I would say, no, but if it ever does, we'll take care of it. Yeah. I have a couple of business school friends that thought, thought I was crazy for doing that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but I was confident in what we were doing. Anyway, long story short, when it came to the, making the whiskey, we wanted to use the same approach. Um, and so... We're really we take a lot of care in in, make, in making the whiskey just like we did with the furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good, and and it shows. Like I said, I, I've had the mesquite smoke before, um, 
and then the classic today. So, and I think when we're done here, you're gonna let me try the clear and the. Uh, you want to do that now? Yeah, might as well. Might as well. <clears throat> that way, people can listen to me drinking it. <laughs> so I always pour this one last. I I, I pre-pour the other two. Okay. But the clear is very smoky, and it kind of can take over the table if I pour it uh, with really? the others. Yeah. I didn't expect that from a clear. Yeah, and you can already smell it, right? Even oh, wow. from a distance. Yeah. Um, it almost smells like um, like an imperial stout mm, beer in a yeah, way. Yeah, I've never haven't heard that one before, yeah. but I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this is what goes into the barrel to make the Dorado. So this is going to be a little smokier than the Dorado. Wow, that has a really unique taste. It does, right? Good though, like it's, really good. So there is a bunch of beneath the smoke, and the kind of there's a sweetness and kind of floral notes. Mm-hmm. If you're getting those, I mean, sometimes people get that. Yeah, actually both. Yeah, my yeah. my palate is is. Uh, is adjusting. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, this has been a, so this is something we did not originally plan on, on bottling, but early on, we just recognized that it was tasting so good coming out of the still yeah. that we decided to bottle it. Um, and it's primarily used in cocktails. Okay. Um, as a, as a smoky base, uh, for mixing cocktails, it's been r- super popular with bartenders. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just straight up, it's it's really good. It's unique. It's I've never, and I'm not saying I'm a whiskey expert by any means, but I like trying new things, and I've tried quite a few. I've never had anything that tastes like this. Right. Very unique. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we will get like when we do tours and tastings here at the distillery, um, we'll get like one or two people out of ten, let's say, that actually prefer this over the two aged products. Oh, really? Yeah. Which always surprises me, but it is. Definitely, that that kind of uh, uh, statistic holds. Um, it's you know it happens all the time, one the, to two people. In the descri- in the description here, it says uh, vegetal notes. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. Like mm-hmm. the finish is like it it has that taste to it. Yeah, yeah. It's complex. Yeah, different. Each each part of it is a little bit different than the last. So, uh, well, hey. Thanks for letting me taste all this, Stephen. This is this has been great. Um, Hamilton Distillery. What's the website? Uh, HamiltonDistillers.com. Okay. So distillers plural. Distillers plural. Dot okay. Com, yeah. Gotcha. And then you can go there and you can find all the places you can get it. Right. Yep. We have a page on our website called Find. Okay. Um, and we're in Arizona. We're available. She's, uh, you know, in hundreds of places. That list uh, is huge. Yeah, because <laughs> no. I, I was going to buy some. Um, so when we when we been, we were communicating and you you were like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's do the show. I'm like, well, I got to try it. I got to try it. You know. So so I'm like, I'll go on their website to see where I can find it. And I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to have a problem. Uh-huh, this. Right. Yeah. No, it's we're we're all over the place in Arizona, and that's what we're kind of shooting for uh, in the markets that we, you know, we're going to focus on in. California and other states. Yeah. yeah. So. Awesome. Well, you guys go to the website, see where you can find it. If you're in Arizona, just go to a bar. You'll probably find it there. But, uh, but Stephen, thanks, man. I really appreciate this. Eric, this was fun. Appreciate yeah. you coming. For sure. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode. Hope you enjoyed the show. Stephen Paul, such an amazing dude. Just a great guy making some awesome whiskey down there in Tucson. You guys got to try this out. If you like smoky whiskey, this stuff is phenomenal. Go to the liquor store, go to a restaurant, see if they have this whiskey dough box. Try it out. Hope you enjoy it. In the meantime, 
do me a big favor. I'm trying to spread the word on this show, trying to get it out to as many people as I can, and I need your help. So I want to show the passion and the creativity and the great things that the Arizona craft beverage community is doing. So I want to get this out to as many people as we can, and I need your help. So rating and reviews on iTunes helps. Uh, Spread the word. Get me high up in the rankings there. Um, Also, tell a friend. Tell somebody you think might like it. Hey, dude, check out this podcast. If you like craft beverages in Arizona, local Arizona stuff, check it out. I truly appreciate it. In the next episode, I travel to Goodyear to talk to the people who opened up the very first brewery in Goodyear. So you don't want to miss this one. In the meantime, always remember, stay awesome.